My name is Jenica Kay. And this is Andrew T. We're sitting outside right now. Beautiful Eva Beach. Nice view of Diamond Head in the city and looking out on the ocean. Here with our guest today, Nomana Angelo. Someone who's referred to us by uh, another guest on the show. As we explained to him, we're, we want to do this inspire, connect, and flow with the people of our community. And he said, this is a person you have to talk to. So we just wanted to welcome him on the show. Welcome, Nomana. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure being here. I'm totally grateful for you folks giving me this chance. Yeah, no, it's, it's a wonderful opportunity to meet you. Nomana and I had the opportunity to speak before we brought him on and he told me his story and I really think it's a story that will really resonate with people and help inspire them to become something better. So why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, how you came to where you are today. Okay, um, first of all, born and raised here in Neville Beach. Parents worked hard all the way through. You know, you, you're born and raised where your parents had the same job their whole life. My dad yeah. worked 40 years at Amron and HCND and retired from there at 59 years old. Right on. My mom worked for the federal government all her life, worked hard to put me through school. And a lot of times you don't realize what you have yeah. growing up. Oh, yeah. um, of course, there were some hard times, everything going through, but most of it was good times. Mm. You know, my dad was always there coaching me baseball always spending time with me. Um, mom was always there for me. Going to St. Louis High School, I was one of those goofballs. <laughs> <laughs> my, my grades were never where it should have been, okay. up to my potential. Yeah. In fact, I was always on the dean's, uh, the opposite of the dean's the, list. No, the, other, the other list. The other yeah. list on the bottom, you know, and, and it was because I didn't put the effort in. Huh. I, I didn't pay attention. I felt that because I got A's on all my tests, that I didn't have to do homework. Mm. And I would get into arguments, not arguments, but speak with the teacher. Why do I have to do homework? Yeah. They said to get good grades on your tests. I said, but I get good grades on all my tests. So why should I do my homework? Yeah. Not realizing that that's preparing you for life to work hard all the way through yeah. in life. And that's why homework is important. Teaches you how to grind, how to do things. And so I didn't realize that growing up. And because of that, I ended up going to DeVry because I didn't want to take the SAT. Um, <laughs> call it laziness, call it stubbornness, sure, whatever sure. it was. Aced the test to get into DeVry, went into electronics. And that's where I started applying myself yeah. and doing the homework, getting the A's and B's all the way throughout, graduated from there. And I worked for about three months and four months. Mm and did not like what I was doing at all. Mm. Just didn't like electronics, it wasn't for me. I wanted to be outside, yeah. being from Hawaii. And so I went into construction and one of my mom's classmates from Kamehameha was up in Arizona where I was living at the time. Oh, okay. And so he offered me a job in construction. Mm. I went to work for him and I listened to what he had to say. Within two years, we started our own company because we were both working for somebody else. Well, and how old are you, were you at this time? I was 24 years old when we started. Starting your company. own company wow. at 24. Starting years old. an old company. Wow. So at 24, <clears throat> all in within a two-month span, I bought a house, 
Wow. We had my first son and started my own company <laughs> with some partners. And talk about rough. It was rough. Starting our own company up there, construction. We would go from job to job, three of us, three part owners, nobody working for us. We had to make ends meet. So we would go from job to job and some days staying up 48 hours at a time. The only time we got to sleep was the drive to the next job. Wow. And Ooh. we, but we had to keep turning it over to make that money, make yeah. that capital. And within about a year, we, we were able to start hiring people and we built that up. So over the course of the next few years, life was good. Yeah. Um, we'd have jobs in Nevada, California, Washington, wow. and Hawaii that we would travel Ooh. all over. And I got to bring my family home for months at a time doing different jobs at UH. We actually worked on wow. the Kapolei theaters. Oh, wow. And so having a good time and everything. Yeah. In 1996, I ended up breaking my hip on a job and I was the one taking care of all of operations. And my mistake was I didn't train anybody to do what to I did. Succeed here. Yeah. Yes, we had no succession plan. And so it was terrible and we ended up taking a job in San Francisco and we ended up liquidated damages Ooh. was about $500,000 and we couldn't recover. So we ended up having to sell the company. So flew home and it was just me and my son. And that was my, what am I gonna do? Thinking, yeah. what am I gonna do? And I walked past the convention center and I stood there and I stared at the convention center thinking, I can work here. Mm. And I looked all around and my specialty was spraying fireproofing. And I saw that they were spraying fireproofing. And so I said, that's what I'm going to do. I'm, we're going to move back home. I had to talk to my wife, of course, yeah. you know, <laughs> get back, talk to my wife. Yeah. And, but I knew what I wanted to do. I made a committed decision to, this is what I want to do. Sure. And so we moved back. We ended up move, moving back home. While I went back, I made all the calls. Hey, I want a job. Can I work here? I had to yeah. call a union, join a union here, give them my story. And I got hired. Oh, wow. When I talked to the owner of the company, he said normally they don't hire people off the street like that. Sure. But it was the confidence that I exuded mm. when I talked to him about what I could do. And so he took a chance and I ended up working there. We sold our house in Arizona. Um, first of all, that was a big mistake. So if you listen to the podcast <laughs> earlier, don't sell your properties, <laughs> keep your keep properties. Uh, um, Asset strong. Yes. Yeah. But we sold the property and moved in with my parents. And at the time they were living in Halava. So me, my wife and my son were staying in an 11 foot by 11 foot room in Ooh. their house. And about a month later, my wife was pregnant again. <laughs> so at the time, four, four of us in that you know, 11, by 11 by 11 foot room. <laughs> yeah. And the job at the convention center start, um, ended. So now it's what am oh. I going to do? What am I going to do? So I called um, companies in the mainland okay. and I flew out to the mainland to work. Wow. And I was able to earn enough money in about six months to last me the whole year. Okay. But that's last me the whole year living in my parents' house, in yeah, my parents' nice room. room. 
and I was comfortable. And I had lost sight of everything that me and my wife had worked for, strived for. Everything that my parents had taught me while I was growing up, succeeding, being the best in life, doing what you want to do. And I didn't even see it. I didn't realize it. And it took my wife to open my eyes Mm. for me. And she looked and we had a serious conversation. Um, and she looked at me and she said, what are you doing? Yeah. But it's nice. I said, do you want to live in this room the rest of your life? <laughs> do you see us living here? And I was uh, raising my shoulders, you know, uh, it's nice, yeah. you know, yeah. thinking, what about what we talked about? What about our dreams? What about our goals? And she looked, she said, I'm not going to live here the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. So you need to make a decision. And that's when it hit me. I got to do whatever I have to do to get us out of here. Mm. And so I didn't even have a full-time job yet. I was working odds and ends jobs, whatever I had to do. And we moved out. And we got an apartment in Makakilo. And then I got into an apprenticeship Mm. at a company. And from there, I said, you know what? This is it. I'm going to start over. Now, when I went into the apprenticeship, in my mind, I knew, I knew what I was doing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? I had a lot of knowledge. <laughs> but I also knew that's not how you go into an apprenticeship. Yeah. So I told myself, when I go into this apprenticeship, I don't know anything. I'm going to do what they tell me. I'm going to be a sponge. I'm going to learn. Mm-hmm. And whatever I need to do. If the mechanics are working, I'm going to ask them, what help do you need? What do you need yeah. me to do? Yeah. Let me know. And I'm just doing it. And from there, I ended up becoming a mechanic. Now, in that short period of time, I lost my way again. Because you start listening to the wrong crowd, yeah. the people you're hanging out with, and certain people. And then you start becoming a victim. Yeah. And I became a victim. And just complaining to complain, not being part of the solution. And then I went to a class there and something clicked mm. in that class. And the, the instructor said, you gotta be here for three days. So you might as well pay attention and learn. Mm. And I took that to heart and I listened. And then they started talking about personal mastery. Okay. And throughout that I had, you know, I had studied Anthony Robbins. Yep. I had studied um, different people, Les Brown, um, Jim Rohn and different people and I also read the book Think and Grow Rich before okay. and things started clicking back uh, so just kind of to recap so at 24 you've already started your own company you bought your house you started your family your firstborn son and you have all of that you're doing operations all across these different states and then to kind of lose it all mm-hmm. so fast and then ending up back with your parents um what was that like? What kind of experience uh, did you have in that journey coming back home? So I tell you, it was humbling, but also it was that feeling like I was back home with my parents. Yeah. I was safe again. Okay. You know, and that, that safe feeling is what got me, I won't say in trouble, but got me comfortable yeah. where I was. And I wasn't stretching myself anymore, learning or mm. growing. And I was, I was just happy being comfortable. 
yeah. in my little world, in that little 11 by 11 <laughs> jail cell, yeah. which is what it was for four of us. Yeah, wow. you know? amazing. Why is it important for people to stretch themselves, like you said? Why is that so important that, you know, doing your homework every single day, yeah, I can pass the test, but why is it important to, to, to continue to do that? So the way it was put to me is that if you're not growing, you're dying. Oh. And that just resonates. Ooh. You know, it, it's yeah. like if, if you're not using your arm, it atrophies and then you can't use it again. Yep. So if you're not growing, you're not stretching yourself, you're just, if you're comfortable, you're just dying inside and you're just gonna be stagnant. So it's important to keep learning and growing and not only learning, but applying what you learn. So a lot of people go out and they read books and read books and learn, 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 but they never apply what they learn. And if you, you look at, simple example, the um, weight loss industry. Sure. All the books, all these programs out there, every single one of them works. So and I speak yeah. that from experience. Yeah. Um, so that's another thing I used to do is I would gain weight and then every time there was a weight loss contest, I lose would them. lose the weight, <laughs> trying different programs, yeah. and I would win the contest. And they all work, yeah. And they all work. So yeah. I, I tell you, I've done P90X works. Yep. Excellent. Yep. Um, the Atkins diet works. works. Excellent. Um, I went on one where you just eat protein and, and vegetables, five meals a day. Mm -hmm. It works. Exercising, you know, exercise and diet is key. Yeah. So, but what happens is a lot of people take that victim mentality, and I'm speaking from experience, sure. and they say, if I had this, if I had a personal trainer, I could do it. <laughs> Just like the stars. If I had somebody come and work me out, yeah. guarantee I would. And that's not true. They're kind of just waiting for something. Yeah, they're yeah. waiting for something to happen. Yeah. They're waiting for that magic pill, and there's no magic pill. It's hard work that yeah. gets you there. You got to put one foot in front of the other and take the steps to do it. Yeah. And it's so with that, it's just you got to do it. It's hard work, and that's where that growing part comes in. It's the hard work you put in, and that's why you need to keep growing, and you need to do your homework on time. And you need to take those little steps. They say the, the successful people in life do the little things that most people don't do. Yeah. This is something um, that you've been fortunate enough to start uh, coaching others yes. on the topic as well. How's that going as you're, as you're reaching out and helping those in the community? So I, I tell you, it's, it's gratifying. Watching yeah. the look on the face of these young kids too, when they finally get it. When they see something and they see, whoa, and they, wow, I did this today, or I did this yeah. today, and you know, and it's not only young people, but older people. And when they report back and the gratification you get, that feeling, you know, where you just get all tingly inside and you know, it's, it's just gratifying when they, they get something and they, they reach a goal that they wanted to achieve. And that's what I love doing. Yeah, I love to see the process. Mm -hmm. See them really work and really struggle. We have a son, he's one years old, and when he was learning to crawl, we would put a toy in front of him, 
and he would get to the toy and I realized he would stop crawling once he got to the toy. And so we have to put it further and further, but you can't put it too far or else he's not even going to try. You got to put it just right and then he'll work, work his way to the toy. In his mind, I could see him say, oh, yeah, I got to the toy. That's the end game. But the end game wasn't to get to the toy. It was to learn to crawl. It was learn to grind, learn to work and learn to get to that toy at the end of the path. Yep, exactly. And funny you say that because a lot of people will set the goal like lose weight but they have nothing beyond losing the weight yeah. and then they end <laughs> then up gaining it. the weight back yeah. <laughs> you know because they didn't set that next goal to yeah. keep the weight off yeah and i'm guilty of that because i'm back at <laughs> the weight I'm at, I'm not going to mention it, you know? <laughs> but you talk about that in your story of how self-aware you were and you're able to refocus yourself. So how do you get to that point? Because I think, um, you know, you're talking a lot about how people victimize themselves. Mm-hmm. How do you get yourself out of that mindset that you're the victim? So Bob Proctor said, you are 100% responsible for everything that happens in your life. And for me, I found that hard because, you know, yeah, there's things that I'm responsible for. But what about the car accident I wasn't responsible for? Mm -hmm. Sure. What about this? What about that? But he said at some point you made a choice in your life that led you to that point. And is that point where you really wanted to be in life? And so I'll take one and I got into a car accident and somebody rear-ended me on the freeway this is when I was living with my parents I was in my dad's S10 truck now if I was truly going after my goals in life I wouldn't be in that S10 truck on that freeway Mm -hmm. at that point in time I would have been somewhere else because I had chasing my goals and doing what I actually wanted to do in life and that was very hard for me to understand but when I think about it, it's true. Every yeah. choice we make today affects us two years down the line, three years down the line, five years down the line. It's the choices we make today that's important. And so being able to focus on what I want five years down the line, three years down the line, is very important to me. Also, thinking correctly. Mm. You know, there was a doctor in 1903, and for some reason, I can't remember his name right now, but he said 2% of the people think, 3% of the people think they think, and 95% of the people rather die than think. (laughs) (laughs) And so I was, wow, am I one of those? And (laughs) But if you look at it, it's a lot of people think they're thinking but it's just mental activity and they're taking on the thoughts of other people and it's other people's goals or other people's dreams or the way other people's opinions are and they're listening to those opinions and making it their own so they're not really thinking if you're truly thinking you have your goal in mind you know exactly what you want to reach that goal and you're using your six faculties to get the goal And it's something that Bob Proctor teaches, which came from Napoleon Hill, is using your six faculties. And the six faculties is imagination, your intuition, your will, your reason, your memory, and your perception. Mm. So you use your imagination 
which is something we we lose as children. You know, as you grow yeah. up, why are you thinking like that? Don't think like that. Don't dream. Go get yeah, a job out here. You're taught to think a certain way. You're yeah. taught to think a certain way instead of using your imagination. But use your imagination. Dream big to get what you want in life. Then you use your intuition to speak to infinite intelligence. You know, whether you believe in God or not, sure. there is a higher power out there. Yeah. And you speak to that infinite intelligence and the answer is out there. Infinite intelligence will give you the answer if you're listening. You can't take the phone off the hook. So they say prayer is when you're speaking to God. Mm -hmm. Intuition is when God, God is speaking to, to you. you. Right? And then from there, once you use that, when you get the way, now your will comes into play. So a lot of people talk about willpower. And willpower isn't the thing. Because willpower, if willpower worked, Hmm. Everybody would be skinny in March because of their New Year's resolutions, right? <laughs> but the will is the ability to keep a picture on the screen of your mind to the exclusion of everything else. So you put whatever you imagine, your goal, your dream, on the screen of your mind and you keep focusing on that, focusing on that. Yeah. And that takes away all of that negative talk, that mental talk. And with that, you use, so Tony Robbins talks about incantations. You use the incantations and you talk to yourself that something, whatever you want, and you put emotion into it. Yeah. And if you look at um, Napoleon Hill's Think and Grow Rich, it's called Auto-Suggestion, Chapter 4. Read it. Excellent. Okay. Um, after the will, your memory. You use your memory to to the past, what worked, what didn't work, mm. and how do you navigate through that? Because there's a lot of failures going through life. And you gotta be able to recognize what didn't work and change past using your memory. But now, what you can also do with your memory is use a future memory. Mm. So the key is, your subconscious mind doesn't know the difference between what is real and what is imagined. So with this future memory, you think of yourself three years in the future and you visualize yourself doing whatever it is you want, that dream. And if you don't believe me, go look at this the Olympics and what the Olympics does <laughs> yeah. and how they train. And when, when they train, they, put, they sit there and they put all these monitors on them yeah. and they have them visualize their run or whatever they're doing. And their muscles are firing off the yeah. same way if they were doing their actual run. Wow. So you use your future memory. Every one of us can visualize and use their future yeah. memory. And you listen to all these stars, Will Smith, um, um, all the different ones, they talk about visualization. Yeah. So you use that memory. And then comes the reason, your reason in mind. Your reason in mind is so strong that it can accept or reject anything to stop it from going into your subconscious mind. Mm. But nobody really uses their reasoning mind for that. They just accept things and let yeah. it go into their subconscious mind instead of rejecting it. So you want to reject all that negative talk using your reasoning mind. And then comes your perception. So with your perception, it's how you look at things. Mm. If you don't like what you're looking at, change the angle you're looking at it from and look at it a different way. 
And if that's not working, look at it a different way. And it's like when five people go into a party and they're all standing in different areas, all five people have different experiences of that one party party because of their perception. So you don't like what you're looking at, change your perception. And that's the faculties and how you use to focus on to get to where you want to get to. And that's something that when I'm working with people, work on the six faculties to help you with exercises to develop because they're like your muscles. If you're not working them out, you're losing it. So you work it out. There's certain exercises you use to build those six faculties. Wow. I had a flashback to high school and I ran cross country um, (laughs) to stay in shape for basketball. And I wasn't the best, but I tried really hard. And one of the most significant runs for me was a run we did at Kualoa. And I all of a sudden was running a varsity race and I had only trained for the JV race. So long story short, I ended up dead last. (laughs) And like these girls, we were racing against these girls from California who were from like, I don't know, they were just like so professional. And I was just trying to keep in shape for basketball, but I ended up in this race and like dead last and like just in the middle of Kulo, I have no idea where I'm going. And what kept me going through that race was knowing the end result, knowing where I was going. And I just kept going. And I've told this story a couple times. My mom's told this story before, but I come around the bend at the very end of the race and I see my dad standing at the finish line, kind of looking for me like, is she coming? Is she still alive? Um, But I made it past that finish line and I actually ran the fastest I had ever run before, but in the like, you know, mile and a half, two mile mark on a three mile run, I was like, is this gonna end? Like, where am I? But I know that I know that there is an end and I know that there is a goal and I, I know that I can do it because I've done it before. But sometimes you hit those bumps in the road and you feel alone, you yes. know? And I, I feel like you probably have had those times. So could you kind of go into that? Sure. I, you know, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. So I learned it at an early age. And my dad went to school on a big island, not big on books and everything, but very intelligent man. Mm. You know, book-wise, history-wise, no, that wasn't his thing. Yeah. But very intelligent. I learned so much from him, the insight I got from my dad. And one of the things he always told me is don't ever quit. Mm. Whatever you're doing. So I wanted to play football. And I was younger than everybody else, but I was bigger than everybody else. So I, they let me play, yet my mind wasn't as what is it, mature as the other kids that I was playing with. And I wanted to quit. About three weeks or four weeks into it, I wanted to quit. And he looked at me, he said, nope, I'm not gonna let you quit. You're gonna finish the season. If at the end of the season, you don't ever wanna play again, you don't have to play again. Sure. But you're gonna finish what you started. Yeah. And so I finished that season and I ended up playing all the way through high school. (laughs) <laughs> loving it yeah. you know and but that was the earliest lesson I can remember from that don't ever quit mm. what you love now there's times in life where if you go through and it's you find out it's not what you love if sure. that's not what you want to do then find something else 
yeah. and replace it. And there's nothing wrong with that because I've had jobs, you know, in that middle. I did not like what I was doing. Yeah. And instead of becoming a victim and staying there and complaining, I quit what I was doing because it's not what I love. Yeah. But if that's your passion, what you truly want to do in life, and it's your passion, don't ever quit. Don't quit. Because that nothing ever comes easy. And the toughest part happens right before you, you succeed. Mm -hmm. So the toughest part that halfway through mm -hmm. <laughs> was, was right before you succeeded, yeah. when you came around the corner and when you seen your dad, how was that feeling? Oh, it was amazing. I like half wanted to cry because I was just so tired. <laughs> yeah. But I just, I think every time I get to that point in my life, and I've had that several times, um, personally, professionally at work, I know that it's just around the corner. And as I lead and manage and try to motivate my team members or younger kids that are coming up, I share with them this story because it's the one story in my life I feel like you know like I did it and I wasn't the winner of this big race or anything you know I didn't get a medal but I finished and I could have easily just faked an injury you know because <laughs> I'm like oh I hurt my ankle um, and no one would have known because no one was out there but it was just me proving to myself that I could do this you know yeah. and that's the biggest part you hit on it you know deep in your heart if yeah. you quit, when you quit, and can you live with yourself or will you be wondering later on, mm -hmm. what if? Yeah. Yeah. What if I would have done this? What if I would have done that? And, but that success, that goal, that finish line is always right around the corner. Mm -hmm. But once you hit that goal, what's the next one? And what's the next yeah. one? And keep going. Keep growing and keep growing. Every day. Yes. Lomana, the title coach to me is something that is really endearing to me. There's been a lot of coaches throughout my life, you know, Coach Stan from KBA, you know, all the way up, all the way up through, uh, through college. Yep. As a life coach, what does that role mean to you? Like, what is, what is a coach? So for me, it's, it's very important because I have the lives of people in my in hands, hands. Yeah. and trying to guide them. And that's a huge responsibility. So I want to make sure that I'm always on top of my game to guide them where they want to go. Yeah. Not where I want to go or where I think they should go. Because they got to get to where they want to go. And I help guide them. And it's about helping them tweak here, tweak there, tweak a little bit of this, mm. tweak a little bit of that. Uh -huh. um, teaching them the tricks I've learned along the way so that they can succeed in life. Because no matter what, it'll be a reflection on me. And the only way it's not a reflection on me is if they quit what they're doing and they're not giving their 100%. Because the only thing I know I can do is give my 100%. And my personal mastery means everything to me. My reputation means everything to me. Because it's not only my name, it's my dad's name, yeah. who was my biggest coach in life, who taught me everything that I know. And one of the biggest things he also taught me is no matter what you do in life, be the best. 
If you're going to be a ditch digger, be the best dick, ditch digger there ever was. Yeah. If you're going to be a bank robber, be the best bank robber there ever was. No matter what you do in life. And I always took that to heart, you know. So being a coach is the same thing. Sure. And I'm going to be the best coach I can be for anybody I'm helping. Muhammad Ali had Angelo Dundee his whole career. And it was Angelo Dundee from the corner shouting out different things when he beat George Foreman, right? Yeah. And you, you look at Muhammad Ali and why they say he's the greatest is because he had the six faculties. He worked, he had the vision, he was the best. He always talked to himself. He was saying it on camera, so you know he was saying <laughs> yeah. he was the best, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. He was talking to himself, but that's that self-talk. And he believed it. Auto-suggestion, yeah, but he believed it. He had absolute faith. But he also had Angelo Dundee in his corner training him the whole time to get where he had to get to, to keep his skills sharp. And when he wanted to go down against Joe Frazier, you go back and you watch the Joe Frazier fight, the... Ken Norton fight with Muhammad Ali. Yeah. And how did he go 15 rounds, get knocked down, come back up, yeah, come back. and keep fighting all the way to the end? Even though he lost the fight, he won because he never went down. He never stayed down. And that was Angelo Dundee, his coach in his corner, helping coach him. Look at the Patriots. A lot of people don't like the Patriots. And that's not my favorite team, trust me. <laughs> but you look at Bill Belichick. Oh, yeah, that's... And what he's able to do as a coach and his system, that plug-and-play, everybody just comes in. And the only constants in the Patriots from when they started the run is Belichick, Brady, and Robert Kraft, the owner. Yeah, the owner, yeah. That's the only three constants. But that coach, and then also Brady becomes a coach, coaching yeah. everybody who comes through. So if you don't have someone coaching you, reinforcing with that help you need, it's tough to do it on your own because there's so much negativity on the outside. And if you look at all the top executives in the world, they have coaches that they go to. Anthony Robbins has coaches. JT Fox has coaches. All these top motivational speakers, coaches, have their own coaches that they go to when they're in slumps. And that's the way of the successful people. They always have coaches. Mm. And for, for us, for me, before I got into this, is why do I need a coach? I can do it on my own. Yeah. I can't do it on my own. Yeah. You always need somebody in your corner helping you and tweaking you because it's that outside perception. When you're too close to it and you think you're on the right path, on the right path, and you're not changing your view and changing your, your perception, that outside look from a coach helps you to gain that perspective. Sure. So where, where should someone look for support first? Where, if they were in need of, a, um, of coaching, like where are some common places you could find a coach? So definitely if you're involved in a church, there's some great coaches in the church, sure, yeah. in your community, community leaders. Um, if you ever had a coach through high school, and you look out the good ones. So for one of them, for me, was Cowley at St. Louis. Oh. 
Awesome. And yeah, if you look at his record and what he's been able to do, he has a system. And you look at the way he sets up his day and what he does from morning till night, it's amazing. Mm. Um, They're all over. These coaches are all over. If you go online, type in coach, there's coaches all over. Um, I would love to help anybody out there. Sure. But I'm not the right style for everybody. Yeah. You know, I might rub people the wrong way. Mm. And I know that. But I'll help anybody get to where they want to get to. If they need a different coach, that's fine. Yeah. We'll find someone a coach. But the main thing is you find a coach. There's so many programs out there you can buy out there. So for me, Bob Proctor is a big one. Yeah. I listen to Bob Proctor. Um, I had one that was here in Hawaii, Ray Johnston. It was huge for me. I went to one of his seminars. Okay. And then I had him come to my house here and work with me. And not only me, but my two sons and my wife. And when he worked with us, just a couple sessions, things took off. Mm. Um, My son, my older boy, has been able to go out and win a Nahoku Award as a drummer for Best Rock Album. So amazing. Yeah. And my younger son, just this past year was number three in the state for skateboarding, skateboarding. in the sponsored division. It's amazing. Yeah, and it's just, but it's by the coaching, the constant coaching and going after your goal, achieving what you yeah. want, you know? Um, funny, earlier we were talking about, oh, if I had a personal trainer and all of this. Yeah. <laughs> Guess what, I have a personal trainer in my house. My wife is a personal trainer. <laughs> So I have no excuse for being out of shape. You know, no excuse for being out of shape. That's too funny. Um, So do you apply the the same techniques that you use with people that you coach? Do you apply that in your parenting as well? Yes. I look at my grandson and I watch as he's growing up. And what I realize is attitude reflects leadership. (laughs) <laughs> so, and what I mean by that is no matter what my son and my grandson's mom tells him he doesn't listen to what they're saying he does exactly as they do Yeah. he acts just like them <laughs> you know and, and I can see it so if I'm not doing that with my sons I'm just telling them what to do but not doing. acting it and doing it it's all nothing because they're going to do what I do, not what I say. So it's important that I be that role model and do what I say I'm going to do and then tell them this is what you need to do and this is how you need to do it. This is how you build this, how you do that. This is how you use your six faculties. This is how you set your goals, your vision. And for me, that was big for me with my boys because for me, I was huge football and baseball. And growing up, I wanted my boys to play football and baseball. Yeah. <laughs> but they did not want to. They didn't like it. So they both played one-year baseball. Wow. Dad, I don't want it. Mm. Say, okay, so what do you want to do? And so my older boy wanted to drum. Say, okay, we're going to go and get you a drum teacher who knows what he's doing because I have no clue how to drum. <laughs> and we went to Chuck James. And from there, my son became one of the best drummers on the amazing. island. Yeah. 
at that time, my younger boy wanted to play guitar. So he went to Chuck James and learned how to play guitar. Mm. Of course, he's a closet musician, and I still hear him practicing at night, but that's not his passion. Sure. His passion is skateboarding. Yeah. So we sent him out, and my nephew was a sponsored skateboarder, so I would send him with my nephew. Hey, go hang out with the people who know how to skateboard. Mm. I used to think I knew how to skateboard, but <laughs> once they started doing ollies and kickflips and all of that, I was yeah. lost. Eh? Nope. Go learn uh, from <laughs> go learn from Jose. I, I love how you talk about that. A lot of a lot of parents now they want their kid to be the next Ezekiel Lau or the next Marcus Mariota or the next Benny Agbayani or who, whoever you know whatever sports you play, uh, but you're able to support them them in their passions. Yes. Meet them where they you know, where they see their life going. Yep, exactly. And funny because once my son said he wanted to skateboard, I built a huge half pipe in my, <laughs> in my backyard in my old house. And that's where all the kids came to skateboard and have fun. And, oh, you know, and I've got a picture in there. I'll show it to you after. Yeah. But it's my dad coming off the half pipe. Oh. And he was, he was almost 70 at the time oh, when he did it. You know? <laughs> and, <laughs> but we all got into it and behind it. And when a family supports our kids, it's amazing what happens. I mean, my parents, over 70 years old, goes to my son's metal concerts. <laughs> and these are the ones that when yeah. we were playing ACDC when we was young, is yeah. turn that dumb stuff off, you know? <laughs> but they're sitting in a metal concert watching my yeah. son drum. Proud of them. Yep. Grandson. Oh, awesome. But it's that support, Yeah. you know? Yeah, and really being there. Um, what kind of advice do you have to people? A lot of people... Uh, we talk to they're kind of just struggling to get by they're not really uh maybe not enjoying life as much as i think they could be um, okay. just kind of struggling along the path how do you help them get out of that i guess that funk so the first thing to realize is happiness is a choice mm. happiness does not come from the outside you're not going to find happiness in somebody or something you're doing or anywhere you got to be happy from inside first. And if you can't find that happiness or love inside you, you're not going to find it from the outside because you always keep searching for it. So you got to learn to love yourself and be happy with yourself the way you are. And once you can find that, everything else comes easy. Mm. It's hard, but it's an easy concept, simple concept, yeah. right? But it's finding that love inside, finding that peace inside. However you do it, meditation, sure. self-talk, auto-suggestion, but it's key to get that happiness inside of you because you're not going to find it outside. The, the number one step to do that is you have to make a committed decision. Mm. If you're not committed to, to do something, you're never going to find it. Yeah. And you got to commit full-heartedly, I'm going to be happy. This is what I'm going to do to be happy. And you plan it out to be happy. Yeah. And with that, you got to be willing and able to change your paradigm. Right? And that paradigm is what holds us back. Because that's the way we were raised. That's the sayings our parents gave us as we were growing up. Or that's how our parents acted when we watched them, what they did. Our paradigms are from people growing up. 
and it's finding what what led to that paradigm in you and then changing that paradigm mm. using the auto suggestion talking to yourself and using your six faculties so once you make that committed decision to f- find that paradigm and change your paradigm then you just start moving from there start moving from there and start moving on and that's where having a coach is helpful, really helpful. because yeah. it can help you hey, look at it this way look at this is the perception you should be looking at and change this, tweak this, practice this, try this, yeah. see if this works for you. But I tell you, once you have that vision and you set that goal, you can Commit. change anything you want with that committed decision. Yeah. And act like the person you want to become. That is important. I love that. Because if you're focusing on where you are now, you're going to keep getting the same results. It's insanity. Yeah. Because you're focusing, even though your goal is up here yeah. on the top, you're focusing on your results, which is down below. You're not going to get anywhere. Mm-hmm. So you got to be, be like an actor. And I'm not going to tell you fake it till you make it because you don't want to fake it. You want to act genuine. Mm-hmm. Act like you belong. So you change your frequency and get up to a higher frequency and act like the person you want to become. And you ask yourself in the morning, so if you have a role model, say, um, Tua Tagovailoa. Sure. Let's, yeah. let's go with Tua. That's a good one. Right? <laughs> Just won the national championship. Yeah. St. Louis High yeah. School, you okay. know. Proud, you know. <laughs> but how would Tua Tagovailoa act in the morning? What time does he wake up? Yeah. When he wakes up, what does he do? How, how does he start his day? What does he eat? What does he think? What's his workout regimen? Yeah. How hard does he study? How was he able to graduate in three and a half years, start half a year early at Alabama to go to spring camp and then go? Hard work, dedication, perseverance. Mm -hmm. But you choose that person and start acting like they act. And if you keep doing that and in your mind, you start being the person you want to be. So you need to act like the person you want to become to get to where you want to be. Uh, this has been this has been awesome. So can we quickly review the six six faculties that you talked about? Sure. So the six faculties are you start off with your imagination. Yeah. Right. Once you get your goals set, then you use your intuition. So that's God giving you the plan on how to get to where you want to get to. So after the intuition, you go with your will, mm-hmm. and that's the ability to keep the the picture on the screen of your mind to the exclusion of everything else after the will you use in your memory mm. right to guide you through what didn't work what does work also your future memory visualizing what you want and truly putting yourself in that five years ahead and seeing yourself in that position and then from there using your reason that reasoning mind to reject all the negative talk out there that negative thinking and also coming up with plans of what you want and that reason in mind is also that in between the intuition and your subconscious mind going back and forth and then from there is perception and you're looking at your perception if you don't like what you're seeing change your view walk to a different place and change your view change your view love that. We really loved having you on the show. 
If there's anything, uh, any kind of last pieces of advice, Nomana, uh, what would you want to offer to to the audience? The last thing I want to leave you with today is gratitude. Wallace Waddles says, faith is born of gratitude. The grateful mind is constantly fixed upon the best. Therefore, it tends to become the best. It takes the form or character of the best and will receive the best. That's how important gratitude is. So I want to thank the both of you today for everything you're doing for myself and for the people of Hawaii. I think it's an awesome thing that you're doing with this podcast. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Well, again, thank you very much, Nomana, for being on the show. Um, This is Andrew T. Jenica K. Find us at www.thepacificcurrent.com on all your social media platforms. Um, If you have any more questions or um, any ideas for us of others you are inspired by, would like us to interview, um, hit us up, send us a message, send us an email. We look forward to hearing from you. Aloha. Aloha. Thank you. Sounds so incredible.